Hey, it's Brian K. Vaughn, and you're listening to Chris's Comics. when he dropped acid was so funny. <laughs> the praying hand emoji. Yeah. <laughs> uh, funny, man. I also listened to um, Why You Like This podcast. Oh, I haven't listened to that it's yet. It's really good, you know. Is it? Um, Jay's on it with these two girls, Amanda and Heather. Mm. And it's like it's it's quite therapeutic because they just talk about like why they do fucked up things. And a lot of it is about like relationships and sex and stuff like that and it's great i love it it's one of my favorite new podcasts so go check it out i've honestly i've been creased laughing whilst i've been driving listening to that podcast it's great yeah um what else to listen to Uh, jared's gotten good again i had had a bit of a fallout with jared because i felt like it the podcast was like we're going to talk about this movie however 20 minutes of intro on patreon yeah. A little bit of movie. 25 minutes, 20 minutes of seven questions. Yeah, it's got a bit. And like... then 20 minutes of letters at the end. I felt like they barely talked about the film. Mm. But recently, they've been back talking heavily about the film. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed, regardless of what they say about the first few episodes, I loved it. I loved the first episode. That's the reason why I started listening to it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously Casey came on, and I was like, wow, she's actually really funny, and I like her as a host. Um, but yeah, like you say, as as the show's grown, so has the fan base and you know Patreon supporters, etc. So it's kind of got a little bit bloated in that aspect because it's like if you're not one of those people that are involved in the show, you know, doing five questions and all that, it's kind of a bit like I don't really care to listen to this part. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Even though like Jarrett's like really funny and I love Rich also, but you know. I do. Um, I look forward to Rich's questions. Yeah, so, <laughs> the Rich to scale is one of my highlights. It's always anal. His question. Oh yeah, his question to, to what's she called? Gerald? No, not Geraldine. No, Darling. One, what's her name? Wendy, Wendy, Wendy Croft. Croft. Yeah, yeah. It's funny how we know these people now. We don't like know them. We just know oh, them from the show. Mate, when I post something on the Jared Goes to Movies fan page, and like one of them like yeah, yeah. I'm like oh, yeah. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's good. Right, so um, Jared's brokering a deal. <laughs> so, welcome to Chris's Comics podcast. Um, with, it looks like we're taking a, a leaf out of uh, Jared goes to the movies there with the ten minute preamble before I introduce it, <laughs> which you can get on the Patreon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Welcome to another episode of Chris's Comics podcast. My name is Chris, and this is a podcast about comic books. And this guy who is opposite me. In a Joey Ramone T-shirt, looking sexy as ever, <laughs> is my special guest, my resident special guest who I've missed recently, Pug Rock Pirate Time Lord, Mister J Bidet. Hello, welcome. Big, big. There was a big intro there, and I just thought I'd, <laughs> I'd bring it back down because I've been told the noise levels are disparaging to you. So yeah, I'm trying we... to, I'm reining it back a little, but we know as this goes on, I will get louder. 
I'm looking at the sound levels now and it seems fine. It seems fine for Apologies now. in advance if you are deafened by JB's rants later in the podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> most people, I guess, listen to this with earphones, earbuds. I don't listen to podcasts on earphones. I only listen to podcasts on in the car. Same. I, I prefer Same. if I'm walking down the street because I tried, I tried to listen to podcasts while I'm walking around but in a much more public forum and I was shopping in Tesco and I was listening to that episode of Blink 155 where he talks about how he shit himself oh mate with the long johns with the long johns oh, and, and I kid you not <laughs> I burst into laughter just down the frozen aisle and I couldn't stop laughing and everyone was looking at me and I walked out and then it happened again when the My Pet Sally episode when he starts like he's got the I, no, I don't think I've listened to that one yet you must have what episode are you up to now Oh, I'm really far behind. Um, oh, yeah. I, I'm, I've just listened to, um, funny enough, um, the, the the Christmas one, Happy Holidays, You Bastards. Oh, maybe you are behind. Yeah. My, so. my, you remember, well, My Pet my pet Sally is that weird one-off. Oh, all right, Pumpkin. My uh, my orange hamster has made an appearance. He's just having a drink, so. <laughs> He's it's a bit early in the day, mate. I know it's like near Christmas, but come on. <laughs> Uh, my pet Sally's the one with um, it doesn't have any covers at the end there's no covers at the end yeah I've, I don't uh, think I've listened to oh, that oh I do yet. not listen to that in public forum because something happens at the end <laughs> and this time I dropped my basket of shopping <laughs> and began and had to hold my face that's something else cr- crying when you're recording I've noticed as well um, you need to like when you laugh like go away from the mic because it deafens people <laughs> But oh. no, uh, that's a, that's another shout out I want to give to Blink One Fifty Five podcast. Uh, not that they need the shout outs because they're hugely popular, aren't they? They, they, um, they are and they're not. They're, they're they're really popular, but like when you go on like on social media things, they're not that popular. Like pay, fan pages and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But the listening threshold is high. They even featured in the Guardian recently. Did you see that? Really? Yeah. So the Guardian, um, one of the. Uh, is writing like a write-up of the year of stuff to listen to and recommendations and they recommended The Guardian the most crass podcast it it said it was really good how they talked about they just end up talking about you know social it's more like a social studies um, podcast podcast. I think they are because (laughs) it does get quite deep into like what is punk rock I guess so I guess so I mean both of the hosts Josiah and Sam are very well they're journalists that you know they've been involved in that scene for a long time and uh, they're both really funny guys, but they also know how to articulate themselves oh and God, you know, they, they put together like, a sentence. Sound like Russell Brand reading a thesaurus. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Sam especially. Yeah. Uh, but Josiah, mate, I follow him on Instagram. I know you do as well. And he is like my comedian of the year, even though he's not a comedian. Like, he just he knows how funny he is. The funniest guy I've heard in recent years. Honestly, he has me creased on a daily basis. Uh, but anyway, anyway hashtag I, I digress <laughs> like I said earlier this is a podcast about comic books <laughs> <laughs> and we will be talking today exclusively about the Dan Slot run Superior Spider-Man mm. um, in honour of the new issue one which comes out on Boxing Day Wait, what are you on about? what new well, issue this... one? how do you not know about this? I do not know what are you on about? Is, um, it's starting up again Superior Spider-Man what? On Boxing Day. Yeah, yeah. What? How? Mm, well, is this going well, to hold on? Is this going to like you're inspired again for me? No, no. I mean, I mean, how far after this Dan Slot Superior Spider-Man run have you read? 
Did you carry on into I Amazing? D- I didn't know whether to carry on into Amazing or to venture back to see the build-up to Superior Spider-Man. I kind of, I still have never uh, made that this choice. Well, but I have read. I'm reading current Spider-Man. Okay. Well. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know how to discuss this without spoiling. Well, then don't spoil it. But but it's not. It's not like some weird like revisitation reboot thing. It's the same character. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I don't want it to be like Superior Spider-Man, but this time the Vulture's in there. No, no, it's Doc Ock. Right, that's sound. That's all you need yeah. to tell me. That's all you need to tell me. Actually, uh, I it, kind of actually now I think of how this ends. Oh, it's because he's just dude. Well, by the way, spoilers for this entire run. Well, yeah, it goes without saying we're going to spoil the shit out of Superior Spider-Man. But um, the, his consciousness ends up in a robot. Yeah, so how do you know that if you've not read on? Because that happens in Amazing Spider-Man. Following this. I must have read on. You must have read a bit of Superior... Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, Amazing. Uh, which I am doing, actually. I wanted to mention. Um, after reading you know, Superior by Dan Slott, I, I have carried on. And I'm, I'm reading Amazing. Uh, his whole Amazing run. Mm. Um and I'm loving it. Yeah. Well, Dan Slott is... And eventually I will catch up to where I'm at now with the um, Nick Spencer run. That, this is why I got excited for Iron Man when they put Dan Slott on it. Um, Tony Stark Iron Man. But I just don't think he's ticking the same boxes. This is like... This is this is the best... The like, best work he's done. I, I think, think it, Well, it's such a... It's such a weird concept, but it's, it's not like weird in the... The, the whole Punisher... Um, Ghost Rider, Cosmic Ghost Rider, Punisher thing where I've said it like I Trigger's always, broom. Yeah, the, the the broom, Trigger's broom. This actually is a character, and it works. Yeah, yeah, it it did work a lot. I, I just wanted to mention before we dive into going through each trade, Amazing Spider Man issue one. After this, um, so when when Superior finishes, obviously Dan Slot carried on with Amazing because mm. Peter Parker came back. Spoilers, um, <laughs> <laughs> and. Yeah, um, are you so are you going to read that then and find think, out why Doc Ock's back? Or? I think I think I am because I I, I kind of because it's a, there's a lot of issues there. <laughs> I've, I've, I but I always wanted to. It's that's the one where is you had it framed, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always wanted to do that, but then every time I go to buy it, I always go. You could see the build up to that, and then, but then it's also <laughs> knowing it's also knowing that after that doesn't Spider Verse happen as well? Yeah, unfortunately, I mean that's something that's going to put you off. Um, that amazing Spider Man run was it ground to a halt because of Spider Verse. Um, I think Volume Three of that run is just Spider Verse, um, and and I don't know how much you know about that event, but it was big. Oh, like no, there was like big. dozens and dozens of books, like tie-ins, and most of them were pretty relevant. Like if you wanted to get the whole story of Spider-Verse, I've seen the trade, like, like the entire spot. It's like a hundred pound or something. Like I've that. read it all, and I I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I think that 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 is something that'll probably hold you back on on reading through that amazing run. Well, I, I want to do um, that, and the other thing that comes up. At some point in this book, and has come up in the future, that I want to go back and read and know about, is the whole Spider Island thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like yeah. every time I, get, I read that, I'm like, what the fuck is Spider Island? Yeah. I want to know about that. So, there's a lot of, uh, of Spider Man stuff that we want to read. But so this is. We, sh- we should go into, into that in the future, maybe. Because mm. I was, was going to spoil it for you and tell you how the reason why Doc Ock is back as Superior Spider Man. But if you're going to read that run. I'll read that run. Then, then we'll discuss it in the future. This was, by the way, 
that I recommended you this mm-hmm. based on the fact that I was I, you got me really into reading comics like you kept going no just read them honestly read them read them again and I you used like, to come round to my flat and you'd look at all my long boxes and you'd flip through them and you'd just be like wow but it was a world that you didn't really know. And didn't it's really hard understand. to understand. Didn't to know where to start. Yeah, it's just, that is the thing, the yeah. daunting task of where to begin. Like, I remember Tom coming up to me saying, I'm interested in reading Batman, but there's so many years of Batman, where do you even begin? And the only thing I could tell him was just find a story. Find and, a volume one, maybe. And the thing that struck me the most, you gave me some comics for birthdays and stuff like that, and then I remember seeing Superior Spider-Man in HMV, it was like, that was £6. Yeah. HMV yeah. and in my head I went I know this story because I know who Spider-Man is I remember reading about how this happened because it made the news that Peter Parker had died and Doc Ock was in there this was in the fucking newspapers it was a big Be- deal because people were like what the fuck is going on and then I went fuck it I'm going to buy it if it's shit it's shit if it's good it's good and I just loved it yeah and then you, and I didn't feel like I had to read that and I still haven't what came before and came after really because it was just so strong on its own yeah well for me like it took me a long time to get around to reading this as you know yes it fucking um, did not because I didn't want to but because I had a lot of other things on my plate and um, Superior for some reason just always took the back burner also because um, you know there was a lot of trades that I had to buy to actually read it so and, and, and reading Spider-Man I've dipped in in and out over the years, so I've never really read a continuous run of Spider-Man. Even though I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, I've never stuck with a run. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So, in order to get up to this point, you know, where Peter Parker has died and Doc Ock has, you know, invaded his mind, uh, I was just like, well, where am I going to have to start to read like to where this happens? You know. It, it was a daunting prospect for me, even being a, you know, a long, a long-term a, a comic book reader, comic book reader. a seasoned veteran. So it always kind of put me off that like I'd have to read like the lead up to it. Do you know what I mean? So, which I did. I read um, the first, the last few issues of, I think it was ASM, wasn't it, that went into this. Mm. So I, I read how it happened, you know, and then, you know, started with volume one, and. Yeah, it was great. See, I didn't, I didn't do that because, like I said, I got the, um, I got, I got read the headline in the New York Times or whatever, and that just told me everything anyway. So I felt like I had pre-read read that beginning bit, and it does actually do a nice little recap. Yeah, superior beginning. Yeah, like the it's got issue seven hundred there and tells you. Which, by the way, is worth a lot of money now. Have you got? Have you got that issue? I don't have that issue. <laughs> I, I I remember seeing that again. That was in the newspaper article yeah. showing. It's that. a great cover. That it is as a well, really good it? cover. Um, yeah, but no, I I enjoyed uh, Dan Slott's run on Superior so much that, like I say, I'm carrying on with his run on ASM now. Thoroughly enjoying it. Um, he's a good writer. He um, he has his moments, which we'll go into in a bit when we go through each trade. Um, but on a whole, I mean, you won't find a bigger Spider-Man fan than Dan Slott. He knows everything about Spider-Man continuity, and he pulls from everywhere in this story. And it's you know it's it's showcased here how much he knows about the character, mm. and I think it pays off for the most part. You know, um, there are some moments in the series where I feel like he didn't quite grasp some of the characters or 
did them a bit of a disservice, like Mary Jane, for example. I didn't think she was handled great in this run. What, in, what, in what sense? Um, she was just painted to be, I don't know, just sort of... I wouldn't say a damsel in distress, um, but... But just she, regular. She, I don't know. There Normal. Was, I, there, there was it wasn't the Mary Jane that you know we all know and love. She was a little bit, you know, just not not herself. And there were moments in the series that that I did think that he dropped the ball a few times. It's not a perfect run by any means, but it is great. I mean, I I, I slightly I'm not going to strongly, but I slightly disagree. I I thought it was so complex. What he was having to deal with here. Essentially, he's writing two Peter Parkers. Um, he's just, he's for, well for the first few volumes, maybe two. We had Ghost Peter that mm-hmm. was you know hanging about, and uh, and the reason for that was because of the uproar. Uh, apparently, Dan Slott was getting so much fucking hate mail. You know, you've killed Peter Parker, and Marvel editorial were just overwhelmed, and they said to him, "Look, you need to." sort of write Peter into this story somehow and so he brought him as Astral Peter oh really Um, yeah so this was like a demand from Marvel Editorial that he had to have Peter Parker in this book for some in some way shape or form for the first few issues because people were so outraged and I quite liked that decision I think it's a good decision I don't think this would have worked without the battle of Peter in his back of his mind I liked it like you called it Astral Peter just in, it just in the background because that was a nice little shock as well when he appears. Does he? Where does he is it like issue? Let's have a look. Is it issue two? He comes in. It's quite a cool moment as well. Cause, yeah, because I didn't expect it. There you are. Yeah, the end I'd of not issue heard two. Anything about this part of the story? Mm. I was like, oh yeah. shit, he's back as a ghost. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I thought I thought it was cool, and obviously, you know, he comes into it again at the end. Um, no, it was it was a good decision, I think, to include that part in the story. Well, where, where do you want to be, go? Well, before we move on, I just want to mention another negative. Um, although this run was great, I thought it could be quite hammy in parts. Like, like there was a, like... there was a moment I can't remember what volume. Oh no, it was the Venom one, where stuff like this would happen all the time as well. Where like um, Peter Parker would be in the lab. And then he'd go, oh, wait a minute. I just need to go and get my friend Spider-Man. And then he'd, like, leave the room and then come back in dressed as Spider-Man. And then everyone... It's just like, you know, like Christmas. Like, a dad, like, leaves the room and comes back in dressed as Santa Claus. Or something like that. It's the same thing. It's just like... I don't remember that. Oh, wait a minute. I'm going to go and see if my friend Spider-Man's here. And just, like, leaves the room and exits and then comes back in as Spider-Man. And no one's like, oh, wait a minute put two and two together you know there was a few moments like that where I was like mate this is getting a bit like I, I roll my eyes a lot when I read this I one. thought it was more like that, like the hammy bits as it were were the like his little his relationship with the that uh, little person <laughs> sorry I just almost spat my water everywhere <laughs> is that the politically correct term? yeah it is <laughs> You say little person, or oh God. Yeah. You, you don't say anything else. And like, you just say little person because that's that, the little. That's right. All. Okay. Right. Sorry, I just I didn't know if that was the correct. Term. No, <laughs> no, it is. I just want to mention Anna Maria. 
she was one of my highlights of this series. I thought she was a great character, mm-hmm. really great. And um, and obviously it was Slot's attempt at you know including a minority, which was cool. You know, and um, I don't think the fact that she was a little person changed anything in the story apart from another moment that I thought was weird which was the dinner scene with Aunt May where she was like oh Peter oh uh, but what if you want to have children and it's just like Aunt May wouldn't that's not Aunt May are you sure are you sure that's not Aunt May honestly Aunt May is not narrow minded like that and it was a very strange awkward moment that again I thought was handled clumsily by slot Um, but no going back to the, the good points about Anna Marie Anna Maria? Anna Maria. Anna Maria Marconi. I think that was her name, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Um, well done. I thought she was a great character. I really did. Um, and obviously she continues to be in the running ASM after this. And as you'll find out, the, the, the way that she handles discovering that this relationship was a lie is re- really cool. Like I, I love the way that Slot writes this character. So she was a highlight for me, definitely. I, I loved her relationship with Otto. I thought it was great. I did. I think that that's the thing. It made me. I love Otto Octavius. Oh, now. he's a fantastic character. I love um, him. Before I read Superior, I didn't care for him much. I, you know, I loved him in Spider Man Two, Spider Man Two, the movie. I thought yeah. he was great in that. Uh, but in the comic books, he was always just sort of this. Uh, it, it was a very dated sort of <laughs> character. You know, that the, the arch villain. I mean, the, the concept of Doc Ock is awesome. Him having those arms and everything. Mm. It's so cool. It makes some great action scenes. But as like a, a complex character that I gave a shit about, didn't really before I read Superior. And after after reading Superior, yeah, I can I can quite easily say that he's one of my favourite things about Spider-Man these days, definitely. Yeah. It's, I mean, not to spoil anything, but he is heavily in current Spider-Man comic books. Spider Gen, Spider Verse, etc., and now he's getting his own run again, and he's a joy to read. He really is. Just the way that he speaks and his uh, his arrogance and his personality is just so engrossing to read, isn't it? He's just so up his own arse, I and know. I love it. It's more. <laughs> he's just a dichotomy, like you know. There's something else though I can understand this. But I know it's coming. I'm coming out with loads of negatives here, but. How did people not realise that this wasn't Peter Parker? Because he's so different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's the thing, though. It, it's... The way he speaks and the <coughs> sentences, and it, it's not how Peter Parker speaks. I, I know, but what it does make a good point of is regular people would just see another human being speaking differently. So they said, you're just acting weird. People, and they, there's a lot, even in this first, first trade here, of people say, that's not the Spider-Man I know. So they yeah. know something's wrong. Yeah. The Avengers do a DNA oh, test on him. Don't get me started on the Avengers part of this. The Avengers Honestly. do a little DNA test on him. And well, on. you're not a scroll. Yeah? Yeah, no shit. Fucking hell. Oh, like, that was another bit where Slot dropped the ball, the Avengers what? Why? Why? Hold on. Because he made the event, he painted the Avengers to be fucking stupid. And yeah, Tony wasn't there. And that was the reason why they found out in the end or whatever. Because Tony's the brains. But the Avengers, you know, on a whole, they're meant to be extremely clever, and they should have, they should have worked out this situation. I mean, not, yeah, it is a bit of a far-fetched concept that exactly, it's not Octavius exactly. in his brain, but I just, it just didn't, 
that it, it didn't uh, sit right with me the, the Avengers part the first few trades, I don't think yeah. there's any other way you could have done it I mm. think that, I, I think there was there was multiple you're giving far too much credit as well to uh, essentially who the Avengers were was Thor no he's not the smartest not, not to insult him but he isn't the smartest at all this isn't his area of expertise brains um, Black Widow she's very intelligent but in other again other areas not the study of the of brain patterns. Uh, Spider Woman is a very just a regular Joe, if I'm honest. Uh, who else is it? Captain America. He's a soldier. He's a tactician. Again, brain waves go over his brain. Um, who's the other one? Is someone else? I feel like there's another Avenger. Um, there was. That one? Is it, it's in that one, isn't it? Um, let me see. Um. No, I think I think you've oh Wolverine. Wolverine, yeah. well, exactly Wolverine. Yeah, he'd have no clue. What I okay, thought was okay, more interesting, enough. what was more interesting, was these guys wouldn't have an idea, but they're not also really the closest to him. The people who are closest to him, Stark. But not only that, his enemies, Spider-Man's enemies, really knew something was wrong because this was not the the the, the way the relationship was at True. all. Especially when we get to the Black Cat bit. Yeah, um, you know. Oh, I was, I was pissed off about that. Well, we'll get there. We'll get that was, there. That was maybe one bit where I was pissed off at. But no, it might. Like I say, it might sound like we're trashing the book, um, but I just wanted to get a few negatives out there while okay. while they're on my, on my mind. So, do, do you want to start with trade one? Um, my own worst enemy. So, what do you want? Where do we start? What do you want me to do? <laughs> tell me, tell me the, the synopsis of the book. What happens in this first volume? The synopsis is that over to JB for his <laughs> alternative synopsis. <laughs> you just get introduced. We should totally do that. <laughs> <laughs> you get introduced to Superior Spider-Man by a nice little intro, which shows Otto Octavius is dead, and the mind of him is in Peter Parker, and Otto first figuring out he's got to get a balance of his new life. So he's coming across problems immediately with his relationship with Mary Jane. Before before you start with that, I just want to rewind a little bit and say that the reason why he's decided to fight crime and oh, be yeah. good as Spider-Man hmm. is because of um, his how, it, how it ended with when he saw Peter die in his body. He, he gained the memories of Peter and he feels the responsibility now. So that's the. It's, but he's still a villain in his mind. But he has like this. Uh, I won't say guilt, but he's he's got this conscience now. He's got. He's got. A, he's he's on the side of good now. He actually thinks villainy is wrong, um, and that 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 actually he, he's become like this really far right. Yeah. Person. Yeah, yeah. In yeah, fact, yeah. he's gone yeah. from being this massive villain to being a real far righter, and he um, is all like down for capital punishment and all sorts. But he's trying to get a grip on his new memories, his powers. He's really and he he wants to be the superior Spider-Man, the better Spider-Man um, than Spider-Man so, was, and, and he is for a bit, like until it all goes tits up at the ends and all comes crashing down around him. You know, he he hires um, the soldiers uh, to you know Spider Island. Mm. He has drones going around the city, so he doesn't have to go to every single little you know crime. You know. He is, you know, he's a very clever character, and he is the superior Spider-Man because he does take being Spider-Man to the next he level. He takes Spider-Man to almost this dark Batman level. Yeah, yeah. 
Like, when Batman gets really fucking dark. But the one difference is... Otto wants to kill people. He yeah. still wants to kill. He thinks he, people should die. He's got no problem with killing. Um, he and kills the, in this first trip, oh, yeah, doesn't he? He does, yeah, yeah. He kills that psychopath. Yeah, there's like... Um, I remember reading that going, what the fuck? I can't remember his name, but he uh, shoots a guy in the head. Is it um, Begins with a Kerr. I want to say... Uh, but oh, yeah, there were a few. There, there were definitely a few moments in this where it was shocking, and I was thinking, "Well, how are, how is Spider Man? You know, how, how's he going to recover from this? His public image being tarnished like this? Because he's he's being seen as a killer, and the way that he beats up his villains now, he leaves them in like a catatonic state, and it's just like people are going to be scared of Spider Man." <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean it's like how and I, I still I'm, I, you know I'm, I'm only halfway through the ASM slot run that follows this and I'm still yet to see how Spider-Man regains the public's trust yeah I wanted to it's brushed under the carpet a lot is it because um, he, he, he it becomes a very dark foreboding character he's a really scary Spider-Man this is like this Spider-Man will kill you like he 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 will ki- he will kill you. He'll, he also finds he also even though he wants to be a hero, he finds it annoying being a hero. It's like it's very time consuming doing this. Yeah. I do have a responsibility, but this is not working. That's why he sets up the drones yeah. to do stuff like that. I mean, going back to what you said about people noticing that that's not Peter. He's mm. you know something's off with him. Obviously, the person who takes that to the next level. And who actually does something about that is Carly Cooper. Um, she knows that something's up. Right. But she, now, she was told by him before all this started. I think it was in issue seven hundred of ASM. Maybe she was told by him. Look, I'm not. Basically, Doc Ock's body. Peter is in Doc Ock's body. And says to her in Doc Ock's body. Yeah. Doesn't she? she says, "Look." No, he says to her, "Look, Doc Ock is in my body." You know. So she. Is already like she knows, but this just cements it for her that yeah, what Peter told me in Doc Ock's body <laughs> is true. So she is like the. She who does was the she by the way? I didn't even know who she was. I'd never heard of her. She's in life. one of Peter Parker's exes. Um, when did he get with I, Carly Cooper? I I haven't read that part of the of, of the story when he was with her, so I, I'm not that familiar myself. Well, man, Peter Parker. It's like- He's, he's one of those ones where you don't talk about it, but he's had some fantastic women. <laughs> <laughs> he's like fucking Daredevil. He is like Daredevil. <laughs> like he's just like, oh, Black Cat's done that as well. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, uh, so, so Carly Cooper, that was another um, low point for me, I'd say. Her detective work got a bit hammy again and sort of like, you know, leaving messages on... on um, you know, Mary Jane's answer machine, like, like who dead, em- dead vague as well. Just like, just fucking say yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Just say it. And I know Slot was serving the story, and I know it was because of the plot. He had to do certain things, but it did get me a little bit frustrated in parts, the Carly Cooper bits. Um, here's a part that I've just looked in. But should we move on to volume two? Because I think if we, if we yeah, cover everything yeah. there's, that... there's not oh, there's not really much to talk about. He, like I said, he, the big the big finish on this is he you can see he's clearly struggling to keep Peter's old relationships, so he bins them off. He decides that Peter's life doesn't work for him, so he makes his own new life. 
um, with these drones, and he decides that Peter's way of fighting crime wasn't harsh enough and kills a person. Yeah. And he bends off Mary Jane. Yeah, which, uh, interestingly enough, someone pointed out, technically, you know, because he's got all the memories, mm. right, of uh, that are there, they said Peter can see into Doc Ock's memories, but to vice versa, mm-hmm. right? So, but Doc Ock, at one point in one storyline, was banging Aunt May. Well, <laughs> so I don't know if he was banging it, he almost got married to Aunt May. Mate, you, um, you, you try the milk before which, you buy the cow. Which again was a very odd moment in Spider-Man history. Like, first of all, it, the Aunt May in question here wasn't like you know homecoming Aunt May. No, um, no, she wasn't she even. Was Spider-Man she was, was Tobey Maguire Aunt yeah, May. Yeah. Like, like she was. Peter, my pussy is re- haunted. <laughs> she was like, you know, like. Like um, Ramita, um, the very strong jaw that he draws for her, and like the very deep wrinkles, like that Aunt May, like, <laughs> like Coco, old, old Aunt May, <laughs> yeah. like Coco, Coco. <laughs> so yeah, no. but but like Doc Ock, he was like you know maybe in his forties then. <laughs> so even then, that's still kind of weird. I like... ain't saying he a gold again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was that was odd. Um, well, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> yeah, no, I was saying how it was weird though. Then that Peter, this is something that's brushed over because he does have memories mm-hmm. of Doc Ock, so he must have seen the memories of. Uh, I, oh, I, oh, I know what you're getting to. That. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, okay, if, if that's how they didn't sleep together, but you at least get a third base. <laughs> so he knows what it's like to get a third base with his aunt May. Oh, that's that's so what weird. I'm saying. Yeah, that slot didn't touch on that today. Um. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, while it's in my mind, I just want to say about about that with the whole. There was moments in it where it was like, okay, it's it's Doc Ock and Peter Parker's body, um, these women that he's interacting with, you know, um, he's a lot older in his, you know. Yeah, you know now I mean? a lot of people have a problem with him being with Mary Jane, but he didn't actually do anything with Mary Jane. I don't think it, it was it was never implied. Well, you say it wasn't implied, but in this first trade, the second cover... Yeah, but that's a cover, man. Covers don't yeah, mean but, anything. but we knew, we all know what, who that... That isn't Spider-Man slugging Mary Jane. That cover is clearly Spider-Man, uh, Doc Ock in Spider-Man's body slugging yeah, Mary Jane. Yeah. So, it's and, still and the it, same. It's not only he's older, but it's also... They're, they're you know, possibly having sexual intercourse with this person who isn't who they think mm. they are. Which is a very, you know, sticky... No, not sticky subject. That's the wrong... <laughs> which is a very dodgy place very to dodgy take place. a story. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and especially with, with Anna Marconi as well. Uh, is that how you say her name? Mar- Marconi? Marconi, yeah. yeah. It would be Anna, Anna, um, Anna Marie Marconi. I don't know. It was a bit... There were some moments in it. I think that's why he came up with Anna Marie. I think rather than him try and go down this really dodgy route of is it acceptable for yeah, that's why um, even though a person is in a thirty-year-old body, they are genuinely the mind of a seventy-year-old man or whatever it is. Um, But he created a new character so that he, you know, it was platonic, basically. But she's older, actually, isn't she? Isn't she older as well than Peter? But. Again, there was sort of a weird, a weird moment where it was kind of like, well, still he's a lot older than Doc Ock is a lot older than Anna Maria, mm. 
and she kind of looks like a child. <laughs> do you know no. what I, do you know oh, what I mean? No. It was a weird moment that I, it made me think like, mm, slot. Do you know what you're doing here? Like, well, but, <laughs> again, do they ever really hug? Do they kiss? Oh, dude, they bone. There's a bone. Mo- oh yeah, there's a moment uh, in one of the later moments where <laughs> they're like looking at jellyfish in like an aquarium or something. And it is heavily implied that they are getting down and dirty. And they, oh, right. they do the deed. They do. Right. Um, so, carrying on, on to volume two. Volume two. A Troubled Mind. Um, review here from comicvine.com on the front. Uh, Superior Spider-Man is a complete success. Who was doing the artwork on it again? It- so, we had... Obviously, we talked a lot about Dan Slott, but we have failed to mention the three rotating artists on this book. Mm. We had... Giuseppe Camancoli, Ryan Stegman, and my favourite, well, one of my favourite artists, mm. Umberto Ramos. Mm. And obviously, he was my favourite on this book. I loved anything that Ramos did with this. I think Ramos is one of the best Spider-Man artists, period. Just going to no. throw it out there. I, I love his... his uh, he's so good at emoting with his characters. I mean, any way you open... You know, just look at everyone there. Just look at the emotions that he's capturing on everyone's faces. You know, he's so good at it. He's so dynamic with his action. I love his work. So every issue that he did was a highlight for me. Um, I think they all had very similar styles to a degree as well. I didn't Umberto see... Ramos is very distinct with his style. I thought that the Stegman stuff was really good to begin with. And then it sort of got a bit... I don't know what happened with Stegman. Maybe he was doing other projects at the time. But just to begin with, the Stegman stuff was really good. I know what you mean. Um, Giuseppe Camancoli, um, some of his stuff looked a bit crowded in places. Um, yeah, so f- for me, the, my, my favourite artist on the book, obviously, was Ramos, I was about saying. So Ramos starts in volume two. Yeah, and then it's Camancoli in uh, volume three. So in this one... Ramos does volume three as well. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. Um, in this, and, oh, go on. No, no, carry on. I was going to say in this. So in this one, um, it was actually we've already kind of been over this. Um, people are wondering, is that actually Spider-Man? Because he's been really violent with criminals, and the criminals have think some things up. Yeah. Um, like there's an awkward bit where um, he. Punches a, a character in the boob, as as they say, <laughs> yeah. and um, then he really feels bad that he did that, and then they just hit him in the balls, and uh, it gets really violent after that, like slashing and blood. Um, in fact, J. Jonah Jameson really loves him now as well. Yeah. And um, the, yeah, so the Avengers want to do a test. They don't think he's Spider-Man, but he. Passes the test because none of them are scientists. And then meanwhile, in the mind, um, right. b- b- because of this, he sees the anomaly himself. Both Parker and Doc Ock see the anomaly in their brain. Yeah. And Parker's like, why did no one see that? Whereas Doc Ock's going, oh no, he's still in my mind, isn't he? Yeah. And then you have so the battle within. We're about to hit one of my highlights of the series here. This volume two is possibly my favourite trade of the series. And that issue nine, that cover, was almost my favourite cover of the entire run. I love that cover. It's a um, big Spider-Man head uh, with, like, in his brain, like, 
With brains on show. The words, uh, uh, the, the letters have been made out in his brain to, to say the superior Spider-Man. And it's like a maze and is Doc Ock running... Th- Doc Ock's uh, chasing Peter. Well, Doc Ock's uh, uh, this foreboding shadow oh, at the back, it's so and Peter's good. trying to hide at the front. It's like running through the maze, and and that issue nine, I think, was one of the best issues of the entire run, um, which is 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 funny for me to say because it's not Ramos. Um, was it who did the art in this one? In this one, uh, Stegman. Was issue nine Stegman? Oh, was issue nine? Oh, God, I thought you said it wasn't Ramos, so it could only be Stegman. Um, where can I see that information? Oh yeah, no, you're right because issue... Cam and Coley didn't come on till volume three. Yeah, I think. So, stand slot on Peter's ghost. Oh, hold on. Oh, this is this is a problem with all these. Things. Go right to the beginning. Here we it are. Should break it down. Stegman. Yeah, Stegman. Yeah, Stegman. Man. No, I I loved issue nine. I thought it was so well done. Um, really, an interesting concept and dark as fuck yeah it was and like so well done I think it, be, it, might, it might be one of Dan Slott's best issues he's ever written right I know you say about I want to go back to the art being quite similar I, I know you're saying they're distinct I'm not denying they're not distinct but if you have a look here at like the final How it pages ends, yeah, yeah. right that and that's so that's um, Ramos Ramos and then immediately turn over to Stegman. Stegman. Does... Ste- Stegman, I think, is imitating Ross more. The if you say Ramos, you, Ramos. Yeah. I think if you say Ramos normally has this distinct yeah. style, I think he hasn't wanted to venture too far away from it. You can see little differences, like in the shading, and like you said, I, I think he'd have done that more detail and bolder. I think the but... main difference when it comes to Ramos and Stegman is. Um, the way that they frame their work, and uh, for example, look at the panels on the, on that page. There, Stegman's panels. Ramos would never do anything like that. No, it's not. I'm not the biggest fan of of paneling like that. Um, Ramos does a lot of splash work. Uh, I don't know if that's the technical term. <laughs> you know, like um, Steg- Stegman is very Stegman's very tight with his with his work. He, yeah, he works in a lot of a lot of panels. This issue is really good because, like it, it, it's so powerful because it's it's at the first big bit is where Doc Ock like goes, um, and forces all of Peter's. Uh, that's it. First Doc Ock appears. It's like I can beat you because you're just Peter Parker. And Peter Parker, well, this is my mind, and gets all of all his mates, even the dead ones, Gwen, to come and try and help out and pull him down. And he goes. Well, if you can do that, I'll get all the enemies to come down. Yeah. And then there's this really cool bit where he go, he's like, you know what, you're going to be defeated because I'm not Peter Parker, I'm the amazing Spider-Man, and rips his own face off. Yeah, it's so cool, that man. And then, but then he gets one up on him because then Doc Ock goes, well, hold on, I'm not Doc Ock anymore. I'm, you know, me, I'm the superior Spider-Man, and it becomes like this deadlock battle. Yeah, fucking sick, that. And kind of Peter gives up and oh yeah, that's a commencing mind wipe. Yeah, so he wipes Peter Parker out of his his new brain essentially. Yeah, um, and we're left believing that Peter Parker is actually proper dead now. Like there's no brain waves in his mind anymore of, of Peter Parker. That's it. Peter Parker's been snuffed out, and he still sees it as. He sees it as progress because it's not like he's... He's still a good guy in his head. Mm-hmm. So as he says in this one, 
Parker was ever the reactive fool, stumbling from one adventure to the next, allowing his enemies to make the first move. I, on the other hand, wait only when it serves me, let them thin out their ranks. Once they are suitably weakened, only then I shall strike. He thinks he's been a really good tactician, yeah. and that actually he's had a responsibility, if he's in this body, to do a better job not to let Parker back, because Parker will fuck it up. Yeah. It's actually not so much about he doesn't want to die. He doesn't want Parker to come back because he thinks Parker's shit as Spider-Man. <laughs> Even though Parker has completely wiped the floor of him for all these years. It is this kind of this weird thing. Um, meanwhile, at the end of all this, um, yeah, Parker's cleaning up town, doing quite well. And because he's done so well, he's completely forgotten about uh, Green Goblin who's been hiding out underground because he's taken out so many enemies, it's making it very easy for Green Goblin to now make a play for it. It's kind of like in the... Um, oh, I feel like it's a small spoiler. Of what? I'm sure there's another Spider-Man run where Kingpin takes over. Oh, no, it was, no, it's in this. I'm sure it's in this. Kingpin... When he, it's, yeah, yeah. It, does, he, does he take Kingpin down? Yeah, there's like a double Kingpin. Yeah, and then they realise that he shouldn't have... If, because he took Kingpin down, it's actually he was controlling, stopping all these uh, crimes from happening. And because of it, there's now no big head honcho, um, more crimes gone up because, in fact, no one's scared of pissing off the Kingpin anymore. We're also introduced to um, one of Doc Ock's old college friends. Well, not friends, but college rivals. Do- oh, yeah. Dr. LeMays is his name. Mm. The fat guy with the big nose. I remember this. Um, who turns out to be quite an important character later on. Um, emo- an emotional turning point for Doc Ock. Um, yeah, LeMays. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's drawn you, you as... Can, you can see him in the... We'll move on to this uh, volume three now, No Escape. There he is there. He's, he's in class. He's being taught by him, and he's having flashbacks of when he used to sit next to him in class. And, and, and Yeah, that's a clever little side thing, that Doc Ock still has these... He's got to still live through Peter's life, and he's actually really hating it. Like He just really actually, still at the end of the day, wants to just be Dr. Otto Octavius. And he's so self-absorbed with himself, he doesn't see like how this could ruin everything. He, he, he will cut off his own nose to spite his own face if it means that he gets proven right. There you are. The first drafts, by the way, quite interesting. So, like you described, the short guy with the big nose. The original draft, uh, that was the first draft. The second draft he did and didn't do it was this one that looks like John Lennon. <laughs> like the opposite. Yeah. Long, lanky. Well, might as well. Might, yeah, might yeah. as well do a try both ways. I like it both ways. <laughs> so, yeah, No Escape, Volume 3. Um, we've got Ramos and Cam and Coley sharing art duties on this. And it all seems to have got a bit too much for Slot. He's enlisted uh, Gage to script it, Christos Gage. So, you know, he's coming out, he's coming up with the story, but it looks like, you know, Christos Gage is doing most of the script here. What else was Dan Slot doing at this time? Oh, now you're asking me. Um, I do not know. Because what's, what's he doing now? What's Dan Slott doing now? He's doing Fantastic Four and Iron Man at the moment. Yeah, so yeah. they're two quite big... Well, the Fantastic yeah. Four one's quite a big one. Fantastic Four is great. We'll talk about that on the next episode. But, mate, I'm loving Fantastic Four at the right, moment. Okay. Honestly, I recommend it. Um, but So I imagine Slott... There might have even been, because this is... They have to plan these all this stuff well in advance. By now, they might be planning Spider, uh, Spider-Verse. 
and going to Dan, right, we need to sit down because this is what we're going to do with this big, big, big event. It might be like a, a 10 months from now, but you need to tell us where you're going to be going because you need to have this all set up. So yeah. That, there could have been stuff like that. We don't know what happens behind the curtain. Christos Gage comes in and out now throughout the rest of the series to script the book for him. So just giving him a hand. Um, but in my opinion, it shows. Um, volume 3, No Escape, was probably one of the low points for me. Um, I didn't really enjoy the story much of the whole... Are they on the raft or some sort of prison? Yeah, it's Spider um, Island, isn't it? Or is it the raft? It I just kind that- of... It didn't, and I think it Actually, really does show that you know Christos Gage's script in this it doesn't work for me as well as Slots does. Okay, I think I I totally see where you're coming from because I think these first two are so personal, like mm. the, the it's like him dealing with the inner turmoils and the character yeah. and everything. At this point, it becomes about the action. Action. I mean, and the action's good in it. Yeah, it, but it, you need more than the yeah. action. Otherwise, the, it, it, that's you know that's what makes the difference between the it's action films. It's the characters in the action films. Like Die Hard's great because of the quiet moments and the and the and the deep brooding moments. Whereas any of Steven Seagal's films don't have that, and they just attempt to do Die Hard again and again and again and get it wrong. One of my favorite covers, issue twelve. I love that cover. He's fighting with the scorpion mm-hmm. and boomerang. Really enjoyed Dan that. Slott fucking loves boomerang. <laughs> not as much as Nick Spencer. No escape is just nothing but action. Nothing but action. It's like it is like Die Hard because they're going, um, they're trying to save everyone on the raft and get them off from other bad guys. And then it ends with a little bit of a setup, like the last one did, with that the Green Goblin is definitely up to something. Um, Hobgoblin is involved. As well as a bit of a distraction, but yeah, goblins. Uh... That's that's the best way, the best description. I think of that whole hobgoblin thing, a distraction. Like that was one yeah. of my least favorite parts. I mean, we'll get to the twist at the end with Ben Kingsley and Norman Osborn. Mm-hmm. Um, again, one of the weak weaker points of the run was this uh, weird thing that Slot did. Uh, with the twist at the end and the the whole goblin thing, mm. um, but let's talk about something that was great, and that is volume four, one of my favourites of the series, Necessary Evil. Uh, basically, I mean it's no surprise I love this one. It's Spider Man twenty ninety nine, mm. and I love that character. I love that costume. I love Miguel. So to see him with the superior Spider Man in this book was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Um, Slot is back to writing. Uh, Gage is nowhere to be seen, so in my opinion, it's the return, gets better. return to form. Um, so I really enjoyed Volume 4. You get the whole time travel thing. Um, you do get some a little bit more of the goblins, but the main thing here that I enjoyed was the fact that you get... Um, well, this is my favourite panel. Let's I have think. a look. What's this panel? It's a double-page splash, and it is... Superior Spider-Man in the middle. It's a shame it creases like that on the. Oh the train. yeah, yeah. But it's all it's it, all the old school moments from Peter Parker's life, drawn executed perfectly here by I think it's Stegman mm. that does or is it Cameron Coley? Let's get this right. Um, but it's so good. You've got like uh, 
yeah, you've hit the jackpot. Ta- face it, Taggy. You've hit the jackpot. You know the bit with Mary Jane. Yeah, you've got the monumentous moment of him lifting the wreckage above his head. But it's all. It's not Peter that's in these scenes. It's Doc Ock. Yeah, but and it's it was so face. well done. Like the, the way that he renders these classic moments in Peter's life is so accurate to how they were drawn at the time. Yeah. So um, this is issue eighteen. So that is Stegman. Well done, Stegman. I was dissing you before, but yeah, you. Ironically, you are my favourite panel in this yeah. in this book. <laughs> it's not a Ramos panel. It's a Stegman one. I love that. I really love it, man. I thought it was fantastic. Um, so, so yeah, I I loved it. Um, and and in this trade is actually where Spider Verse happens. So the bit where um, the lab is getting destroyed and he's opened that portal, interdimensional time travel portal thing that's going on, mm. and then Superior Spider Man enters that, and when he comes back, he thinks he's been gone for hours. That's when he goes into Spider-Verse and has the story. Um, but he says, oh, I can't remember. <laughs> you oh, know? Right. So that's when Spider-Verse happens. And that is how Superior Spider-Man is in Spider-Verse, even though it takes place after this run finishes <laughs> and Peter's back. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So there's some weird... Honestly, mate, I can't wait to speak about Spider-Verse with you when, you when you've read it eventually. But there's some... Because I know you're a stickler for time travel, but there's some paradoxes going on in that timeline where we've got this Doc Ock superior Spider-Man interacting with Dan Slott ASM Spider-Man and at first it hurt my brain I was like but this can't be happening it's the same body do you know what I mean yeah, like, yeah. the same physical entity how sense. is it in the past but anyway that's fucking Spider-Verse we'll talk about that another time <laughs> <laughs> no but this volume was great loved it really did enjoy it um, this vol- volume, it, it kind of had me up and down. Like, int- I never, I'd never seen Spider Man twenty ninety nine before this book. So oh this right, so this was your introduction. Yeah. Okay, so tell me how you found him then, because you get a little bit of backstory. Mm. Um, were you given enough? No. Right. I did not understand why he has his own language, doesn't he? To a degree. Well, yeah, it's a little bit like DKR, Frank Miller's DKR, the way that they it's a futuristic say colloquialism words. And stuff. Yeah, like so I didn't understand like Battlestar Galactica. They say frack instead of fuck, stuff like that. Shock is shit in Spider Man twenty ninety nine, basically. Yeah, you know, stuff like that. Um, yeah, I can understand how it could be a bit jarring for people that weren't familiar with the character and the twenty ninety nine universe. Um, for me, it was one of the first comics I read because it was in um, the cheapy boxes because no one wanted the Spider-Man 2099 books. They were like 25p a pop. So I've got like almost the entire run of 2099. Oh, really? I loved it back in the day, you know. So for me, it was like a nostalgia thing. It was like, oh my God, they're bringing back Miguel. I fucking love that series. Um, so it was cool for me, but I can understand how it could have been a bit jarring for you. You know, he's got Lila, his personal hologram assistant yeah um very blade runner you know <laughs> yeah 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 um it sets up uh parker industries as well yeah but that was what was cool with me you see alchemax right that's a big part of spider-man 2099 that run from the 90s mm. um so to see the beginning you know dan slot is creating the the origin of alchemax alan chemical you know and like putting them together i was like oh see what you did there I like that it was cool I love shit like that so to see Alchemax begin uh, you know it's corrupt origins begin I, I loved it and the fact that he was trying to save you know 
save himself from being wiped out from existence because you know he was trying to save his this relative of his. I thought it was cool, man. I liked it a lot. Like, I um, this is also the one where again I kind of had this problem because he punched Black Cat. All right, let's talk about this because let's talk about issue twenty because issue twenty is my favourite cover of the run. Yeah. Uh, him with Black Cat. But, I actually have that as my wallpaper on my phone. <laughs> but, I love that cover. I think it's great. But, but like that's you said, not what happens in the comic. It has nothing to do with the comic because it, it paints this very like uh, romantic interaction between Black Cat and Superior. Although you will notice that he doesn't seem to be too into it. He's, no. pe- he's like peeping over her shoulder, probably having a little glance at that rack there that's so lovely on show. Uh, <laughs> with, a, with a glowing moon in the background. And you've got some candles in the background. It's, it's quite um, a it romantic setting. It is implied, though, that's a romantic scene. And it's like, oh my God, is he going to get with Black Cat now? What about Anna? Anna Maria? Uh, but no, he, instead of uh, getting jiggy with Black Cat, he proceeds to knock seven shades of shit out of her. Really does, mm. you know, beat the shit out of Black Cat. So it was kind of a bit like, whoa, okay. I uh, wasn't expecting that. That had a run-on effect, you know. So I was reading Silk at the time. Um... I re- re- was reading Silk um, and it, after Spider-Verse and Black Cat becomes this really um, Silk's enemy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because well, she becomes a proper, proper bad guy because she said Spider-Man kind of made her not want to try and be good because you, it, she, she just felt like she was really like, rah. You will understand how that comes to fruition. If you carry on with this and read Slot's ASM run, that's a big part in that, uh, basically... Obviously, she gets sent sent down for this. Mm. So, Superior Spider-Man puts Black Cat in jail. And she comes back in... Um, basically, she ends up getting out of prison in Slots ASM. And she is out for blood with Spider-Man, not realising that it was Doc Ock yeah, in yeah, Peter's yeah. body. Um, and from here on out, uh, she is a very ruthless, different character. And you will see that if you read that run. I was going to say, Jail can't really hold her that well, because hasn't she got like that domino power of she's got luck? It's Electro. Um, he he ends up getting her out of prison. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> anyway you'll, I really want you to read this run like, so we can talk about it all. It's, it's really interesting, but yeah, right. that is the reason why she turns... Uh, she loses everything, basically. Everything she's ever stolen. Um, so she becomes this... You know, a, a, a very much darker character than we're, than we're used to. But no, I I, I like that issue. I like the cover more. <laughs> so what's what's next? What have we got? Oh, this was a good one. Superior Venom, yeah. volume five, five, volume five. So Slot decided to introduce the symbiote in this, which was a given. You know, he needed to get there eventually. He's gone through every other Spider-Man thing going. So let's bring in Agent Venom. I enjoyed this. What did you think? Um, I did enjoy this. I did actually. I remember that. Like, okay, that was good. Um, you've got Mary Jane. <laughs> it's like the way she's drawn. Jesus Christ! Well, it's Ramos, mate. Yeah, Ramos. He he, he, draws... he wants Ramos wants to ram it home. But... He likes the curvy ladies. Does Ramos? Yeah, I've noticed... and so do I. It's probably why I like his work. Um... Before we move on, though, we have skipped the last story in um, Volume Four. Where Doc Ock's ex comes back as um, this weird—I uh, I can't remember the name of the character. 
Oh, I don't remember that. Do you not remember this part? I don't remember this at all. Um, it was a, it was an odd one to end on. But basically, she comes back, and then who is she? I, I fucking hell, what is her name? She is like a comatose. She's it's in like a catatonic state in hospital, and she's like this overweight person. Um, but then she comes to this lab, puts on like a like a weird VR setup on her head, and becomes this Amazonian looking uh, villain. So yeah, she ends up fighting Spider Man in this whole VR thing. I think she's like a hologram because she's back at this lab place fighting with this VR set on her head. Mm-hmm. So, but in the end, to um, to to beat her. He becomes like this hologram of Otto, and and visits her and says, like, do, do you not remember this part at I all? Do not remember this at all. <laughs> it's it's it really been, weird. It has been weird a long time since I've read this. It's really weird because because Otto, this like weird hologram of Otto as himself, you know, with with the arms and everything, the old bowl cut on the specs, and then um, he convinces her like. That he doesn't want to be with her anymore. Um, he's found another way, another life. Um, so she she basically doesn't want to fight Spider Man anymore. And then while he's in his like weird holographic form, he goes, "Wait, let me take another visit to to see Don Lemay's." And he turns up at Don's apartment as Otto and convinces him that Peter isn't plagiarizing his work. Um, and it's just this really oh yeah remember that, that? he kept getting done for doing yeah. his own work because <laughs> and I thought that was quite funny though because it was like wait a minute I know this work this is the work of Otto Octavius and it, and it was just like oh you know what I mean so he convinces Lemay's that he hasn't plagiarised that was weird the work that. or whatever it, it's slot tying up loose ends in a very strange manner <laughs> and, and then I'm reading this going I don't I almost don't remember. Um, so sorry let's move on to the Venom one so you're saying it was forgettable from this point on is it beginning to tail off for you what my memory no 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 like the actual book because it doesn't tail off me until Goblin Nation the final one no I remember I enjoyed this I am getting flashbacks of it was all quite um, it was all quite violent actually before we move on to the the Venom one and get stuck into it I want to give a few shout outs to the variant covers uh, from issue 17 and 18. Uh, the 2099 Spider-Man variant covers, I mean, just have a look at them. They're just, oh, they're gorgeous. you got an Olivier Coppel one down there. Um, they were so nice, those covers. <laughs> just wanted to mention them. Yeah, I like the top right one. Yeah, that one is um, by J.G. Jones. Uh, he did another one on number 18. I just, I just love the Spider-Man 2099 costume. I think it's one of the coolest looking Spider-Man costumes. It's up there with Spider-Punk for me. I love that costume Spider as well. Spider-Punk. So fucking cool. So, yeah, sorry, let's talk about Venom. Let's talk about the superior Venom arc. Yeah, this was um, this was quite good because it, it is like them, the, the, him trying to tick, tick every box going, right, so 
now I've got this really mad Spider-Man with Doc Ock. Doc Ock. What has good things happened? Oh, he should meet Spider-Man 2099. Oh, he should try and wrestle with like MJ and how is he going to handle that? And then, oh, what would happen if Venom went inside, got yeah. into Superior Spider-Man? That was cool. It was, it was dead cool. Ramos's work on this when he becomes the Superior Venom you know, the symbiote attached to himself. Oh, that's I like, mean, well... I, I, oh, it's I, the stuff nightmares are made of, man. I, it's so creepy. Like, I would love to see that in, like, um, on the big screen, you know, like a movie. Yeah. I'd love to see that. I'm, I'm just more like... I, it is genius how he managed to find a way to make Venom more scary than Venom. Exactly, yeah. But actually, that's, that's what happens. Um, that moment I was talking about before... It's just before the symbiote attaches itself to Peter mm. um, or Spock. As um, this, this podcast that I listen to called The Amazing Spider Talk, they referred to um, that character as Spock, like Spidey. Uh, Doc Ock. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Spidey, Doc Ock, Spock. Spock. So before it, the Venom symbiote attaches itself to Spock um, is when Peter says, oh, I'm going to leave the room and only Spider-Man can operate this part of the system. And, and it's all so like... Hamily, Hamily done all because he slot needed Peter to be in the Spider-Man costume for this Venom part to work do you know what I mean for, so that the symbiote attached itself to the, to the Spider-Man suit he needed him to be in Spider-Man's costume and that's when he did the whole oh, yeah, shit dad Peter, at Christmas leaving the room. And Peter, back to where are you Christmas. going? <laughs> yeah. Not to worry, Wortham. I'm calling on a specialist for a last minute consultation. Yeah. He should be here any minute yeah. now. And then he comes back in as Spider-Man. Goes, You're Peter's specialist. Uh, oh, mate, and that... no one asks where no, Peter yeah. is. Just... I had never noticed yeah. that. <laughs> it was just so fucking hammy, that bit. That is weird. I, I haven't even I was... noticed. Maybe that's why it worked on me for so long as a kid and believed in Santa for a lot longer. That just... I was like... <laughs> I didn't pick up on that. Oh, damn. Honestly, oh, mate. no. So there's a big battle um, because of all this stop superior venom, which is really cool. I think some people die, though, unfortunately. I think Hobgoblin gets involved, and this is where this mad little twist comes in that you didn't like as well. Mm. The War of the Goblins. Mm. I don't know if it happens yet, but it's when they captured Carly Cooper, who that fucking storyline threat. Oh, turning people into goblins. So they turned Carly Cooper into a goblin, which mm. again didn't sit right with me. Um, yeah, this is when, I mean, at this point, Slot is thinking about the end game. He's thinking about how am I going to wrap this up? I've put this thread in with the goblin and the hobgoblin, you know, goblin king, goblin nation is coming. I need to do something. So he's kind of clutching at straws at this part, trying to mould this, this endgame story. And I thought it kind of... It was a bit clumsy in parts. What did you think? Um, I, I think it was... Uh, there was a lot of smoke and mirrors during this mm. that made me not realise some stuff was happening and made me not see. Almost in the sense of how I was with Last Jedi. Like... I look back now and I'm like, oh, the, 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 you know what? There is a good film there. It's the story of um, Luke and um, Ray, right? That whole story is good. And then I've realised, actually, that chase is horrible. I went from going, oh, it's it's different, to going, that entire chase between the, the two ships. Oh, you mean it, with... 
Oh, I thought you were talking about the, on, on that planet with Rose and Finn. Oh no, that, that bit's a shit part. I always yeah. said that bit was shit, but at least I came. I count the cinema going really like the bit with Ray, bits with uh, Ray and Luke, and actually I liked that bit with the the, the whole chase scene uh, between the two ships because it was different. I now look back and go, actually, I hated about two thirds of this film, and I'm still kind of then I'm, I'm watching the whole Ray and Luke thing. And some bits don't sit that well with me on that either. And I think that's what this is. This had me with smoke and mirrors and being different and some good artwork. And I think I missed big... Like, how did I not notice... I'm pissed off at myself for not noticing such a, a lazy kind of way to just bring Spider-Man into the fucking room. Um, and no, it does set up... It's here now. It does start setting up like yeah. the goblins. I didn't really understand this too much I, I'm, I'm going to be honest because I thought Norman, Ar- Norman Osborn was right. a green goblin that that was my thing too like, like I mentioned at the start of this episode I wasn't up to date with current Spider-Man comics at all so as far as I knew the green goblin is Norman Osborn hmm. so that wasn't like a thing for me like. you know what else confused me I remember watching the Spider-Man cartoon hmm. as a kid like not the not the really shitty sixties one. I mean, oh one, come on, that's a fucking great cartoon. That the the nineties one, yeah, right? Yeah. And I remember a bigger enemy to Spider Man was Hobgoblin, but then mm. I kind of Mandeled myself. And I couldn't remember. Really, like, I I thought Hobgoblin Green Goblin were the same. And it's only <laughs> it's only when I read this I went, yeah. hold on, they are different characters. Mm. Why have I? And then I I realized I don't know fucking anything about Hobgoblin. <laughs> so I I kind ben of Ben Kingsley. The, right. the, the famous actor. No. <laughs> <laughs> turns out, that. turns out, he's not. He's not the Mandarin. <laughs> he's, he's the, the Hobgoblin. <laughs> right. So before we move on to Goblin Nation, let's talk about this annual at the end of um, that trade. Oh yeah. Because um, this was dark as fuck. Um, so Spider-Man turns into like this Punisher character. Um, he like hangs the dude on a meat hook and pulls out his teeth with pliers, all the while Aunt May is watching in terror. Yeah, I mean <laughs> it's a really odd annual. I didn't remember this at all. So it's, he's going after Morpheus, isn't he? Is it Morpheus? It's some other dude that's like Morpheus that can't die. Um, I can't remember his name. And it shows, yeah, it's just like a recap of what a whole year of issues. In one sense, but then he finds like that there is uh, like an undead person going around killing people and eating them. So he's like, right, not on my watch because I'm the superior Spider-Man. Goes, it's actually done in a very old school style way as well. Yeah, I didn't really like the art in that. I, if, I think it was too basic. Yeah. Um, so he goes, he goes after. I don't remember. Hold on. So yeah, he, he's kidnapped Aunt May. And then he sets, so this guy's going to, he goes in and he's like, I'm going to fucking slaughter you, because he's now developed a bond with Aunt May. Um, (laughs) Even more than he had before. (laughs) (laughs) And it gets, no, but it does get violent, like, Mm -hmm. he's he's proper stabbed, he's, um, he himself is like, he he starts drinking the blood of him, Mm -hmm. um, or trying to. And then um, it turns out he's wired the suit like Batman would. Yeah. So that you'd be fucked. And oh shit, hold on. No, uh, no. So he he makes a cane for Aunt May and tells Aunt May to go to 
to go and get medical attention, and Aunt May doesn't see this. She does. Oh, does she? She she listening at the end. Let's have a look. If you turn the page, you can see that. I'm not a normal human. I will kill me. I don't think so. I'm no threat to anyone at the moment. You'll only make yourself a target of your police. I'm half demon, you idiot. Um, um, what's he do? Made of keratin. Oh yeah, he uses the fact he's a scientist to figure out how to kill him. And what light, yeah, he figures out what light can kill. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, she does. She comes back. Mm. Oh. But then obviously, because he's done that and interrogated him in this horrific manner, everyone is now like shit scared to you know, do anything to to Peter Parker or any of his family. Which is quite a clever thing, but it's almost like they made him this like mafia relative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where like all the criminals are terrified. <laughs> weird. Yeah, it, it did begin to get weird. So that is a prime example, JB. I know you were asking me a few weeks ago of what an annual is. <laughs> a story that doesn't really matter in main continuity. Um, sort of an evergreen tale. Mm. Um but yeah, that's a prime example of an annual right there. And then we got to... The final... You know, Countdown! The, the final trade. It's a big fat one. This is actually the British reprint. Because it's got pound signs on the back. £15.99. Mm-hmm. And I hate these British reprints. Because it fucks up the, the spines when they go next to each other. It's a big black spine. Yeah. Compared to... You know, the lovely American white spine. And they don't have that lovely smell of cheeseburgers on them. That yeah, all the American prince ones. Smell do. like fish and chips and shame <laughs> and Thatcher's Broken Britain. So this was the final one. Um, this was a little bit of a disappointment for me. Yeah. I'm not, not gonna lie. It was. It was odd. Um, obviously, we had this thread going through the entire run. A goblin was up to something. The mystery of who is the Green Goblin, who is the Hobgoblin. Uh, who's behind it all, um, and then Normie um, and and all that thing with his mum and see, I see. I I think the biggest problem Dan had here was he was setting up like who is the Green Goblin, who is the Hobgoblin, but what he didn't have is why should we care? <laughs> yeah, I'll pass this. You know what I mean? You. I just yeah, I didn't yeah. care. This was not something I really. When I was reading through all this, that exactly. interested me. Whatever, there was far more. I think he forgot people that aren't as clued up on Spider-Man continuity as him. Why should they care? Um, like, for example, I know I'm skipping right to the end here, but when the reveal of the Goblin um, happens, and, and it's just like, oh, right, who's that? Oh, well, it's not Norman Osborn. It's just, it's just some random dude that's... Mm. But it's not. It is Norman Osborn, but he's had plastic surgery to look like a normal dude, so he can carry on scheming and living his life. Um, yeah, it was just a such such an anticlimactic mm. twist. It wasn't even like a proper twist, in my opinion. I, I did like in this the whole going into Peter in the subconscious again. Yeah, it was building up to mm. Peter coming back, and we could see him in the classic scenes lifting the rubble and stuff like that. You know, it was like. Yeah, we get it. Peter's going to come back at some point. Uh, meanwhile, we had this weird, almost like a post-apocalyptic, but it was only 30 days later of like the goblins now ruling um, New York. You know. Meanwhile, the Avengers pop in and out. Um, it is. It does seem like Slot was struggling at this point to tell a cohesive story. 
Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's some bits I like. I like, I like the fact he just was like he quit the Avengers because he was sick of them getting, like, realizing that he's not really Spider-Man. So he's just like, oh, fucking quit then. Okay. I, I, I love bait and switch stuff like that. It's what makes like really juicy like TV shows good. So the corner, it's it's here. It is. It's this bit. Oh fuck my life. Where is it? Where he says. So Iron Man goes, I found that there's evidence of you secretly deleting your medical scans <laughs> to explain that. And he just goes, well, it's simpler. Under the, with the, those scans could reveal my secret identity. That's why you launch a civil war, isn't it, Stark? So I have that right to privacy. And they're going, mm, but we still feel like you're, you're being weird. And he's like, well, I've been acting strange, so you get to just look at me and try and get... I, I love that. I absolutely like that kind of, like, is he, will he, won't he, will they, won't yeah. they? I liked that. That was I'd, great. I'd Meanwhile, though... One thing for Slot, he is very good at writing this character. He is the voice of Otto Octavius Spider-Man. You know, he he just, he nails it, doesn't he? He, he knows him inside out. Well, that's it. I go- mean, he even kind of looks a little bit like Otto Octavius, doesn't he, Dan Slot? I haven't even, I don't know what does Dan Slot look like. He's a short, fat dude. Um, and I could see it in like play. If you're listening, Dan, I never said that. I I love you, Dan Slot. I think you're one of the best writers in comics at the moment, regardless uh, of all this criticism I'm giving you. <laughs> Thanks for liking my Instagram post, by the way. <laughs> I I really yeah I I remember just this being a bit too much for me. I get really annoyed at stuff that's. I I wanted more inner turmoil. And then you get um, J. Jonah Jameson with. Uh, see, I quite like that part. Just go back a page there, where he brought in. I mean, that to me, that screams the classic um, Spider-Man cartoon, where it was him controlling the robot, J. Jonah Jameson's face. In the, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, what yeah. was he called? The not was it the Spider Slayer? The 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 robot that he made? Was it? Well, that's what the other thing was called before Spider Slayer. Well, what I think they were called that, weren't they? Yeah. Um, um Anti Spider Patrol. Goblin Slayers. Yes, it must have been Spider yeah, Slayers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I, I liked Slot bringing that in. I was like, you know what? That sort of, you know, it brings out my nostalgic feels there. <laughs> he, he got a lot right. He got a lot right, and he just got some bits wrong. Like, I'd loved all this. Again, now he's going into Octo Octavius's mind, and he's seeing the... It really builds on this character who, like we said before this... Had been seen as a bit of a meow kind of villain, like a. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you I'll can't get... describe it other than sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get you, Spider Man. But like Spider Man a... Two really helped on that. <laughs> Spider Man Two, we said, <coughs> made you get this. Fit. But some people like it's a bit too soft. This made you gave a side to Otto, which was really good, and that's why he's like one of your faves now. Like you said, we're almost at the end now, um, and we come to that moment. That I was saying that was a, an important character, Doctor Lemay's mm-hmm. Don, Don Lemay's. Um, he is kidnapped by the Green Goblin, mm-hmm. um, or is that the Hobgoblin? <laughs> it's a Green, Green Goblin. Goblin. Yeah, and um, he basically sacrifices himself. Um, and this really, even though he hated him, he disliked him. It strikes a chord with Doc Ock, and it and it sort of gives him that emotional moment. That questions everything, what he's doing, is he really the superior Spider-Man? Is he failing at mm. this job? Does Peter need to come back? You know, 
it's it's creating these moments that he's questioning. You know, everything's starting to fall apart for him. That he's realizing that he isn't the man for the job. Mm. He is not, and that's that's his worst failure. He doesn't want to be. He doesn't want to fail. He doesn't want to be anything but the best. So if he can't be the best, he, there's no point in doing it. Um, Issue thirty was one of my favorite covers. Really like that. This is whose artwork's this? This is my the artwork. I remember this jaunting me. The artwork just drastically changing. Uh, you know what? I don't know. Was it a weird annual that was stuck in there or something? No, because no. we've done an annual. No, see, I'm not quite sure there. What? 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 Fucking. Uh, maybe it was a backup story in one of the comics. Oh, blood ties. Graphic novel. No, it was the annual, second annual. That makes sense. Oh my god, another annual. Another okay, annual. so I forgot how long this story went on for. It did. It went on for. <laughs> Holy a while. shit. It was a big it was a big thing. We gotta remember Peter Parker was technically dead for a very long time. Mm. Like and that's why Dan was getting the made of the hate mail you're saying. Because he uh everyone was like, Alright, bring him back now, please. Yeah, I mean there's no over the oh, the only thing I think this suffers from is it just becomes so much at the end. I mean, apart I think you'll get into it now, a splash page that I really enjoyed was when Peter came back. You know, um, and you get that great moment where it's Peter in the classic ASM suit, mm. and he's surrounded by again all classic moments from classic ASM. Actual comic book pages in the background there, yeah. which is pretty cool. I like that. Um, it was inevitable. You know, we knew that Peter mm. was going to return, but what I didn't realize was that it was actually going to be Doc Ock's decision to bring Peter back. Um, have we got to the moment where Astral Peter comes back yet? Yeah, I've got to the point where it's... it's so he's, there it is. Oh, there it is! There it is. <laughs> but before that, um, he, he, he realises that you know he's, he's, not, he's not doing as well as he should have done because the love of his life gets kidnapped. You know, Anna Marcone... I can never say her name. Anna Maria Marconi gets kidnapped and Peter intervenes. Astral Peter comes back and stops... Doc Ock from making a mistake. Something to do with the train. Yeah, yeah, like he can't decide how to save Anna yeah. Maria. Um, he just can't, can't. But what I didn't understand at this part was, was Doc Ock aware that Astral Peter was back? No. Because I couldn't... Was he's, he ignoring him? This is, this is no, because at this point, it, Peter's really, really, really deep in the subconscious and it, Pete's just broken back out of it by... Because he he's gone into his actual Doc Ock's memories himself. He's in, in he's made Doc Ock relive, um, relive seeing Spider Man die, but now with a new his new outlook on life, how he hated that, which makes Doc Ock reject those memories. And I don't want any of this. And Peter Parker's like, but that's me. I do. And then he comes back, and then he he comes back just in time because um, <coughs> she he can't. Um, Make a decision. If I miss, if I miss, if I'm hit, there'll be no one to save. That is it. He do, he realizes how hard it is for me to save this girl. But if he saves, if he saves this girl and fails and sacrifices himself, Anna Maria will die. And he's kind of like being so. It's like that like old question, isn't it? Like, would you rather? Although rather being a really dark way of putting it, I suppose. But would you rather accidentally ha- have a child's death? on your hands 
or then or live in a concentration camp for 20 years you know it's the mm-hmm. two very terrible things but it's a very selfish reason to mm-hmm. take the child's life over the concentration camp and that's what he's mm-hmm. thinking does he he can't make the decision Parker just do, comes in in time and manages to save the kids successfully and then that's when Otto just goes I don't want this anymore but he needs to bring Peter up to speed so he quickly get goes uh, tells Peter come on we're going somewhere we're gonna get, I'm gonna take it all back um, I'm gonna take all my memories out so it's just you I'm done you are, and he says at the end because you are the superior Spider-Man he wants he basically wants Anna Maria safe and he knows the only way it's gonna happen is if Peter Parker does it and then that's when it ends with it just him saying my turn yeah and then see this was all really good and again Goblin Nation is actually in the background mm. of this I almost but then it makes it so when you see that scene like that it's like well, what, what, the, what the fuck was the whole point in Goblin Nation that's that's my gripe with it it could have been anything. All that really needed to happen here was LeMay is sacrificing himself. Yeah. Anna getting kidnapped. Yeah. And that's it, really. The whole goblin thing didn't really need to happen. Not at all. So that was what jarred it for me. And kind mm. of, it was a bit of a wet landing, this ending. It was kind of just like... <laughs> Dan Slott is writing something here, which you probably wouldn't be able to write now. From what I've just seen. So... Mary Jane's fella that she's seen says, from what I heard of that, your ex went from jerk to sweet guy in the space of two calls. Is he bipolar? <laughs> probably not like, yeah. correct now to say that. Well, I mean, it, yeah. And if you want to talk about, like, the over... We were talking about the over-sexualisation of men before because of wet Thor being Aqu- on in Aquaman. the cinemas. Yeah, but look at that shot for Peter there. <laughs> Crotch shot. Look at the bulge. Look at the bulge. <laughs> Oh, it's got a spider chub on. I really liked uh, the cover for issue 31. I thought that was really yeah, cool. Yeah, him, like, him crashing through, through all the previous covers. Yeah, really um, cool. It was a good moment when the Hobgoblin realises that... Because uh, I think Hobgoblin... Green Goblin knows that it's Otto in there as well, doesn't he? He figures out that it's Otto. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, um, but then it's, it's the fear in his face when... He's, he like says something as saving that little lady is your last remaining achievement as Spider-Man when it all goes boom you'll have nothing left <laughs> and then Spider-Man because now it's Peter Parker says except the dignity of knowing I never carried a man purse <laughs> and, then the sh- and now he knows the sheer yeah. horror in his face he goes it's you <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was pretty cool no it's good it's, it, and that's what I mean it got good at the end but there was this real muddled Real, real muddled frigging goblin nation that Dan, just got in the way. Dan Slot's uh, where he, he falls short is he has lots of great ideas. He's an idea man, um, quite similar to Snyder actually. It's just the way that he executes them and, and brings them together. Um, do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And I'm just I'm just distracted by that. I've, I've never even noticed, but the final panel in that of the Goblin Nation yeah. is essentially yeah. it's a remake of the the classic the classic cover yeah, yeah. Spider-Man No More which <clears throat> it is it's like Superior Spider-Man No More and then yeah. there's another annual at the end what no, is this no it's like an epilogue 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 <laughs> and I like this part in the epilogue where like Carly Cooper visits Mary Jane and she's like oh but weren't you like a goblin and she's wearing like sunglasses and she takes off her sunglasses and it's like how I looked a few weeks back, you know. With oh like, yeah, all that allergic reaction around my eyes. <laughs> It'll be a while till it's out my system. 
Yeah, she's got really bad pink eye there. <laughs> Green eye. Yeah, and it just ends with it going back to the status quo, I guess. Mm. Um, you know, he visits J. Jonah Jameson. Um, he he explains to Mary Jane why, what's happened. Um, and it's very much sort of sweeped under the rug. Um, a lot of people just accept it and go, yeah, that sounds about right. And it's kind of like, hmm. Does she, does she though? Does, does, does it? I don't remember that again. I can't. Well, actually, you know what? It might have been in the ASM issue one. Yeah, hold on, no. Uh, it's more the fact that the she's, like... No, it doesn't. No, it definitely doesn't okay. have this conversation So I'm, I'm talking about the new Amazing Spider-Man run after this, then. Um, but, yeah, it, it's sort of... It's very much just accepted that Peter's back and, you know... There was, there was, oh, no, he does! Oh no, he does. Hold yeah, on. Yeah. I've just but isn't such a short gap says this is going mm-hmm. to sound crazy. It was Doctor Octopus. He took over my body. It's been months. I don't even know half the stuff he and she just says stop and goes, I believe you. Yeah. I know things like this happen to you and I understand that it's not your fault, it's your life, but I can't have it be my life anymore. That is a bit too accepting. Yeah. I think it would be go maybe have her say, Peter stop and then if you get rid of the I believe you, you can put Peter stop. I know things like this happen to you. I understand it's not your fault, it's your life. But I can't. It changes it. But mm. by saying that I believe you part, I, 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 mm. if, they, if you hadn't put the I believe you bit yeah. there, it leaves it open. Does she believe yeah. him? Is, was this breakup happening anyway? And it's also handled in a very quick way like that in ASM uh, with Anna, Anna Maria. Mm. Um, <clears throat> something happens where she discovers that Peter Parker is actually Spider-Man. Uh, in a really strange way. Does he shoot webbing <laughs> from the wrong place? Almost. Um, <laughs> and then he proceeds to tell her, you know, how he was Doc Ock when he got with her and he doesn't really know this woman. Um, and she just accepts it and goes, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> so, what the fuck? Oh. <laughs> ah! So, yeah, what a frustratingly... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? You bastard. <laughs> have I ruined it for you? Because what you've done <laughs> is you've taken a comic that I have fond memories of of wandering down the, a country road with. It didn't end well, and, and now seeing well. all the holes. You're, <laughs> you're making me look at like when you first go and see Santa's Grotto, you don't know that it's Barry Ferguson who's this is the only job he can get at this time of year, and that's a stick on beard. But now you've shown me Barry Ferguson. I That is not Santa anymore. It's fucking dodgy Barry. And I sat on his knee for a bit. It's. <laughs> It's I a hope very, he's got CRB. It, it's very good up until I think we can agree. It get it, it gets it's good for a, a, a it's consistent. Like if you look at the it's trains, not consistent. It is consistent. No, it's consistent in the it's sense, about as consistent as those spines. No different <laughs> colours. <laughs> you no. What I mean is, look. If you look, you like you love that one. You love that one. That one is where it dipped. Yeah. But then you really like that one, and you really like that one. Yeah. So it's, and then that yeah. dipped. So it is consistent. It's like two one, two one. There is a consi- it's bet much. There is a consistency of quality that you like there. On on a whole, it was a really enjoyable read, mm. and it's something that I would reread. And I, and I don't say that about many comics. No. Um, thoroughly enjoyed the crazy ride that it took me on. Well done, slot. No, yeah. Um, before we finish this episode, uh, I want to give a shout out to a couple of variants. Issue number 27 variant by Mark Brooks. 
Look at that. Gorgeous. I'm pretty sure he did the Secret Empire covers. Yeah, he well did. Mm. That's the Secret Empire. Oh, it's oh, a bit um, Lieber Mayho, reminiscent of that, you know, the way that he shadows things. Oh, um, yeah. And Superior Spider-Man issue 29 variant by J. Scott Campbell. I know you'll enjoy this one. Black Cat. Gorgeous. Oh, Jesus. Wow. <laughs> That's a pin-up poster, that, isn't it? It's lovely. Oh, wow. So... I think that about wraps it up for this episode. I'm aware that we didn't talk about what we've currently been reading, but that's only because we had so much to cover on this. Yeah. With uh, six fucking fat trades. <laughs> I'll have money in the way. <laughs> but yeah, we hope you've enjoyed listening to us ramble about Superior Spider-Man. Um, and we're going to be talking about the new issue one in future, I guess, if you get caught up to speed. Maybe. I will. I'll get, um, I'll get that on there. Or I can spoil it for you right no, now if you want. No. <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite easy to spoil. But I won't. <laughs> okay, so let's wrap it up. Uh, Jub, where can people find you on the internet? People can go to at ProJub on Twitter and everything else is at TalkNerdyUK um, or www.talknerdy.uk for all the stuff that I do. <laughs> cool. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Chris J. Wakefield and you can follow the show on Instagram at Chris's Comics Podcast. Um, go to chriscomicspodcast.com to listen to all the other episodes if you haven't already and we're also on iTunes just search for us on there so yeah thanks for listening and we'll see you next time
know so well Well sometimes it's hard to tell Here lies Peter Parker, his voice I still hear Here lies Otto Octavius, though something is weird How he only muttered the name of Parker as he left That's his last breath crap How does mouth and death, they say What makes the hero makes the villain And that thing that makes the hero the hero is something within It's not given, it's not taken, it's blessed on those Who do more than wear spandex clothes Yes, we all know how that spider bit him And that pro wrestling match And yes, the story's a given But how Uncle Ben died that one fateful night He vowed to never let crime go Unforgiven, so better's not always recognized. Not how great you fight or how strong you type, it's how great your heart and how much you try. Peter Parker, man, we miss you some nights, right?